Hi, this is Karen Smith, one of the founders of the online community for ladies who play stringed instruments, as well as women in the music industry, Fret Sisters. We host a weekly podcast on Anchor. If interested in interview, contact us through Facebook at Fret Sisters and send us your videos on Instagram or YouTube. We look forward to hearing from you. Sometimes we may falter, but God will give you strength, my friend, on your knees down at the altar. What's up? What's up? Welcome to Between Frets, a space where female musicians meet and discuss all things music. I'm your host, Jenny Jam, and we have another episode of Between Frets. Today, we have singer-songwriter and slide guitarist specializing in Delta blues, country blues, folk, and rock. Please welcome Christina Vane. Hi, Christina. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. We're honored that you accepted our invite. And oh, um, yeah. I know you just got off a tour, off of a long tour. So definitely thank you for scheduling us in. I know you've been pretty busy. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a little hectic, um, which is obviously code for that's that's good. It's yeah. good to have stuff to do. But um, I'm looking forward to winding down as tour, as it gets colder. I just sort of stop touring as much, so I get yeah. to kind of do other stuff. We our listeners definitely want to know more about you and your music. And I read that you were born in Italy. And you live like in England and France, basically over over abroad. And you're here, and your music is mainly more in the roots of blues and rock, um, really just like the old time blues. Uh, tell us how that all came about. Yeah, it's uh, it's a funny funny road for sure, in the sense that um, I'm a third culture kid, so. My father's American Italian, my mother's Guatemalan, and I was born in Italy. So there was just a lot of, and, and living in England and in France growing up, we just moved around for my dad's job. Um, so I didn't really listen to American roots music hardly at all. I don't, I think I knew one song by. <laughs> Uh, Muddy Waters. I think I had get my get my mojo working on my iPod or something like that, and I had a few songs from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And mm. people, I think, sometimes scoff at that stuff or at like the mainstream stuff. But I just hadn't had my road to the blues yet. And I started playing slide guitar in college. I always was musical and started writing songs, you know, in high school and stuff like that. And then. Um, moved to Los Angeles and discovered Skip James and Blind Willie Johnson and they sort of totally changed my approach to music and I delved into like 1920s and 1930s and 40s Delta Blues and Hill Country and all that amazing stuff and that led me then to 
basically folk music, which is such an, an ambiguous term, I guess, in some ways, but, you know, American roots music, Appalachian music, um, all that stuff that was coming from different places. And the stars just aligned. I was working at a guitar shop that was very folksy. So someone suggested I learn claw hammer banjo and I started playing banjo. And I got a guitar mentor at that same shop who taught me how to do fingerstyle guitar. And then I just, yeah, kind of smushed it all together and moved to Nashville and here we are. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I noticed like you play it, you have the slide, and then you also use finger prick, finger picks. So that's where yeah. you kind of learned everything was basically in LA, kind of like the techniques. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I use a thumb pick. to that um, through my friend Sara Rogo, who is another slide player and who was living in in the Carlsbad, San Diego area at the same time that I was there and we hung out and I uh, thought it was worth going through the awkwardness of learning how to play with a thumb pick because you get so much more of a funky baseline, I guess, or a defined baseline. So yeah, I'm really grateful that I, I saw it on her and I was like, well, that sounds really good. I'm playing with, I used to play with my nail um, pretty much and just yeah. turn my hand in and use my thumb. But now I use a thumb pick, but the rest of my fingers don't have picks on them. Um, I haven't quite mastered that art yet. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, um, the thumb pick. And like, was it hard for you to, you know, to kind of get into that or kind of like, um, I don't want to say be harsh at it, but you know how you, I guess with some fing finger picks or thumb picks, it's kind of like you can get, I guess the dynamics of it, if that makes yeah. sense. Well, it, so the reason I don't use finger picks specifically is because a lot of them are metal and mm. I have a metal guitar and metal strings and it's just like a lot of metal and I don't like the sound of that, but a thumb pick, I get mine in that like plastic essentially, or that really thick material that is bendy sort of um and that i think softens it a little bit but still you get basically a stronger attack right like you just mm -hmm. hear that more than and and there's some stuff that sounds good with it but i think that sounds almost better without it like some of the mississippi john hurt stuff i'm just like i love playing this with a thumb pick but really i don't i don't you know it's probably better without it Oh, that's really cool. You know, I wanted to um, go through your influences. You mentioned a couple earlier, um, but the I, when I listened to your music and I pulled it up on Spotify and just kind of, it kind of went through the whole discography of your music. I noticed you really, you do really have that old blues styles like Willie Dixon, Muddy Waters. Like to me, it's inspiring to hear that coming from you know an artist of today to have that style and I think it's a lot of your guitar playing and your singing wake up mama turn your lamp down low 
Wake up, mama, turn your lamp down low. Have a nerve to drive Papa Mackel from your door. If you wanted to talk about your influences on that and how it came about in your music. Yeah. Um, so I had already been writing and I am proud of the songs that I wrote up until these sort of moments where stuff all changed for me. But um, I think when I found slide guitar, I already felt like I had found my voice for some reason. And I didn't even really know about blues music yet, like properly. I knew who Stevie Ray Vaughan was, which is like, he's amazing, but that is just like a poor representation <laughs> of the like wide scope of the genre and all the people that have contributed to it. It's just like knowing one or two people is not, you know, I was not familiar with the blues basically. And as I got familiar with the blues, I was sort of faced with this conundrum of like, I'm coming into this pretty late in the sense that I'm not, you know, a child discovering this and being able to learn these styles perfectly and be able to replicate them. And to be honest, like as much as I want to learn these songs and learn how to play this stuff, I want to write music and I want to write my own music. And I am a product of the nineties and grunge and rock and thrash metal and some punk. I loved indie music. I listened to electronic music. Um, so it was just a really difficult thing to work out, like how to respectfully acknowledge the culture and the history of the music and then try and so not, you know, ripping it off in any way or feeling like I'm just using parts that are useful for me and like actually learning and reading and spending time with different people that play this style of music and going to Mississippi and going to the places and seeing, you know, where my heroes and heroines are buried. And these things felt like I needed to do that almost to justify my love, immediate love for the blues and the Delta blues specifically. But I did feel as though I really tried from the beginning to to just let the stuff come out and just make sure I wasn't trying to do something, like trying to be someone else or trying to sound like someone or trying to whatever. And every time I learned a riff or like, you know, a new song, I'd be like, oh, this would be cool to maybe throw into something. And that's kind of how music works. But I was very set on trying to remain authentically myself. And I like full band music, for example. So a lot of my songs have drums and bass and distorted guitar and solos and things that I love because it's my music, you know? So I, I always just felt like I wasn't cut out to be a traditional blues artist and like, and represent that genre perfectly. And I just wanted to like dive into this music and then let it seep into my own and like just let it influence the way that however it was coming out. And I'm pretty happy with the result. I mean, I feel as though I'm able to to like stand behind the music I've recorded to this point and be like, yeah, I'm, you know, that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've definitely achieved the, you know, the, what you explained about the, you know, the music and making it more, I guess, modern or, you know, just kind of like fresh but you still yeah, totally you still respect those those roots and it's and it's kind of like you know for for music today it's kind of nice to hear something like that and you're, you're thinking oh wow you know it, people might think it might be a new thing or they're like wow it's got like a flavor you know an old soul flavor but it's like fresh 
you know. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, for that. that's definitely, definitely cool. Yeah, yeah, and you're singing too.、Um, you know, were you were you a singer when you you know was it like first singing and then playing or? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I、um, yeah, I feel as though my mom and my mom and dad told me that I、um, sang in the crib and they could hear me over the baby monitor and I was just like warbling whatever nonsense the baby would sing.、Um, So I think either I've always been a talker or I've always been a singer. I don't know, but it turned out to be music pretty much immediately. I loved singing along with stuff. My dad is very musical. He was a singer too, my, but not by trade. He didn't get to explore that career because he had obligations that you know unfortunately required him to pass it up. And my mom loves music, but is not herself very musical. She doesn't sing a lot.、Mm-hmm. She doesn't play instruments.、Um, So, they they、uh, started me, I think, on the piano. I took lessons for like five years, and then I got into the flute. And、uh, it's just been a lot of <laughs> a lot of that. I don't know, but the singing stuff was always throughout. And I was in choir for most of my life, and then I was had singing lessons for three years in middle school. And I do feel like it was in a little town in Italy, and Is this couple that ran the music school in our town, and、um, so I did. You know, she just helps me like learn what warm ups are and work on my voice every week.、Um, but yeah, I've always loved singing. It's definitely, I would say, my primary instrument. Actually, I mean, the guitar is my great passion, but singing is my—it's like my first language. I just feel much more comfortable singing. I wanted to get into your music too because you have a lot. You have a lot of music,、um, telling different stories. What's the、um, what's the writing process like?、Um, and I know you play other instruments besides the guitar. I know you mentioned piano, but I mean, was it, was some of the music that is out、um, that that is out right now? Is that stuff that you've actually played on too, like other instruments? Um, yeah, so I don't play bass and I don't play drums ever.、Um, bass could maybe translate because at least I understand what's going on, but drums <laughs> just be a disaster.、Um, but no, I play banjo and I have a mandolin. I don't even say that what I do on it is really playing.、Uh, but I, when I broke my finger, especially, I definitely learned a bunch of songs on the mandolin and worked around the finger because it has such small frets. So it was a really nice little hobby. And I play the flute, although I don't keep up with it, and I don't, you know, basically only play classical music because that's what I was really into when I played it back in the day. But other than that, it's just a lot of guitars, <laughs> baritone <laughs> guitars, resonator guitars, electric guitars, acoustic fingerstyle. I'm just trying to. There's so much. I'm sure you know. You get it. It's like music is this endless pit、mm-hmm. of inspiration where you're like, "Ooh, that's cool. I've never tried that." And I think. Yeah, there's so much out there. So, when you think of a melody, you、um, do you start in your head first, like through your vocal, or do you come up with like you're like, oh yeah, this riff is really cool. Let me write something on top of that, or let me, you know, start a process of you know putting some together, you know, with that. Yeah, my answer used to this question used to always be that I write the.、Um, Basically, a riff first, and then would put a melody over that, and that was mostly because I think I felt at the time that my 
guitar playing, it was harder for me to think of something cool and catchy on guitar than it was for me to create a melody vocally. So I'd always try and do that first and have something I was really stoked on and then come up with a melody line was like the fun and easy part. And then writing lyrics was also fun and easy for me. So I was like, this part's a piece of cake, but like writing a cool riff and creating a good chorus is harder for me. And recently though, I have done some of the opposite where I have these melody lines come to me and I'm like, I'm actually gonna try and write a song around that. And that has been really cool for me and really, I've really enjoyed some of the stuff that's come out and I'm sort of trying to write for my third album right now. So it's good to think about this kind of stuff and be like, it, a little bit of everything is probably the sauce, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, You know, I wanted to get into your gear too because you have a beautiful collection of guitars of what whatever I've seen on yeah. on your social media um yeah can you talk about that because they're it's very interesting and the tone that you get from it is incredible thank you so much I love my guitar um it so my primary guitar is a national it's a 2018 I think gosh um or 17 but I think it was 18 Anyway, um, and I, yeah, I was lucky enough to, I was working nearby at a deal, that, a place that deals national. So I had a dealer discount and I was able to be like, I want this color and I want the blue back. So the back of it is actually a blue burst that I really loved, but I didn't want on the front because I didn't want a blue guitar. I was like, look, I love blue. My hair was a lot more blue back then. So and it, it, it has been since then. I'm like really into the color blue but I was like not so into it that I want an all blue guitar. So I did the front white or aged ivory, which is a cream color. And then it comes with a pickup and it's a single cone biscuit bridge. Um, a lot of people think it's a tricone because of the cross hatching on the mm -hmm. top and the bottom and the fact that it's a cutaway. I love cutaways. I pe People love to hate cutaways, but I love them. Uh, my acoustic guitar that I practice all the fingerstyle stuff on and sometimes play gigs, but very I don't bring it on tour. Like it's just, is an Eastman AC-122 mm. cutaway. And yeah. it was my first guitar, you know, it was a gift uh, from my parents. When I went off to college, we went and bought it together in New Jersey where I was going to school. And I've kept it with me ever since. And that's what I write pretty much all my songs on unless I'm playing slide or playing my national. Then I have a banjo and that's pretty interesting because my guitar is Eastman. And then years later, when I was working at McCabe's in LA, they had Eastman products and Eastman was making banjos still. And I don't think they are anymore, but I have an Eastman White Lady, which is an old style of banjo that they replicated, I guess. Um, and I really like it. It's like a bright tone with a lot of metal brackets and a lot like it's, it kind of cuts through, which is really good for live stuff. And then I've got a Les Paul that my brother mm. gave me that was his guitar for his whole life and he just isn't really a, a professional musician and he's living out in like the wilderness in Washington. He was like, do you want to you know, keep my guitar for me? So I'm lucky to have that. But my main electric is this little red Tysco looking thing. And I don't say Tysco because a lot of people are like, that's definitely a Tysco, but I don't think it is. We've looked up the Delray, which is what it looks most like and it doesn't really match exactly. But it's definitely a like factory, you know, Japanese factory guitar from some point in that when they were popular and it's got like the cool gold foil pickup and it's just got one toe knob and one volume knob. 
and it's like this little plank of wood with a thick neck and it was given to me off the wall when my guitar crapped out on me at a gig in Monterey and the, the owner was just like oh just keep it it's like a beater guitar and it's actually such a great guitar and it's got the coolest woody tone because it just has that one tone but it's killer I play so I do like finger style stuff and standard tuning stuff on that guitar when I play shows because my other ones tune to open tuning a lot I have a, a crappy mandolin from a brand called Guitar Works, which is hilarious. Uh, but it's actually, it plays pretty well and that's why I bought it. And then I have this amazing, I don't know if you've heard of Mule Resonators, but mm. Chris, um, I mean, Matt, Matt Ike is just like an amazing guitar builder. And he and Ariel Posen, who is one of, you know, an amazing slide player and one of my inspirations, came up with this thing called the Posen Caster, which is a baritone guitar that is like standard scale and has a metal body that's hollow, like a resonator. Mm. It's in the shape of a Telecaster. So it's really wow. cool. And uh, yeah, I have one of those, so I'm pretty lucky. I feel like that is, that's the whole collection pretty much. And I have a fiddle that my friend lent me to try and learn, but I haven't played it in a while. It's like a playground of all these strings, string instruments with different tones, different tunings, totally. right? Because um mo i guess most of the guitars um or your main guitar is that like standard tuning or is that tuned a different tuning uh so my main guitar i tune between da uh dad fad with mm -hmm. an f sharp so open d major or uh open g the classic like sweet. tuning that's sweet um, what kind so of strings do do they have like is it is that's it a, normal? a really good question because <laughs> Uh, people are always like confused when I go into a guitar store and I'm like, can I have nickel plated 12s? Mm. And they're like, you mean like acoustic? And I'm like, no, I want nickel plated 12 gauge strings, which isn't that crazy. Some people put 12s on their electrics, but it's not as common as like a 10 or nine or 11 or something. Um, but yeah, I, it picks up better. I play I always play through my amp, so I play a uh, Blues Junior that I've had. I bought used in LA, and I've just had it this whole time, and I've had it worked on here and there. But it's such a great little amp, and I love my tone. I love where it's mm. it's been recently, and um, I overdrive the tubes with the mm. master and the volume on the amp, and then I put like a little bit of reverb, and I kick my bass to like. 12 and everything else is like at, at noon or you know halfway um and then yeah and then i have these metal strings and like a metal guitar and it just like comes together in this way that i really like because i like the bassiness and then the rockiness of overdrive so that's why i drive the tubes to get it to crunch a little bit but yeah that's um the strings make a big difference for me and I have not played anything except nickel strings on that guitar for like pretty much the entire time I've had it. Isn't it so cool though when you could say I, f I found my tone? I mean, I know like I mean, people. I bet you it could be way better. <laughs> and I bet you at some point I'm going to upgrade amps because mm -hmm. I'm already like starting to play a few venues here and there where I need to maybe be louder than the band or something. And my Blues Junior breaks up a little too soon and so if i if and when hopefully i get to play maybe big stages and festivals and things like that or more of them to justify it i would um probably go with something either boutique or just a, a fender that has more headroom mm -hmm. but that can still do all the things that i like about the blues junior 
Um, but for now, I'm stoked on it. And yes, it is a good feeling. To be yeah. Like. I listened back to my tone in 2016, and there's a video that I literally emailed the people like, please take this down. It's so bad. And they're like, sure. And they never really did. And I was like, oh, I hate that this is on the internet because I really thought my tone sounded good. And I was playing through this like half solid state Vox, those Vox like AC, mm -hmm. yeah. VT120 or whatever they're called. And you can get great tone out of those, but I was not getting great tone out of it. I was getting the worst tone. It was so tinny and I was using like the overdrive, the Boss overdrive and the Boss blues driver pedals, which again, you can get great tones with those, but I was just like, so metallic, so thin, so not good. And <laughs> yeah, I know the some of the live stuff that I've seen um, on your social media, the recent live stuff, I noticed um, the tone on there because I'm, I'm assuming it was just camera audio coming from it and it sounded awesome. I was like, oh, I got to cool. ask you about the strings. And, oh, and I'm so the, glad it came through even the camera because yeah, yeah, it's just, such an easy thing to lose. The one thing I wanted to ask you before I forget was your videos because yeah. I did go on your YouTube channel and you have a few videos out there. I mean, they are beautiful. Like, is it something where, well, I know you, you probably hire great talent for, you know, to mm -hmm. film and stuff, but do you like storyboard that stuff or do you kind of have like an idea of what you want to do when you- Yeah, um, some, I've been so lucky. Like Jeremy Harris is someone who did a few of my videos for the first album that are just so cool. And we, sort of like I would send him the song and we would storm like brainstorm ideas and I'm a very creative person so even if I don't have a clue about what it's like to make a music video I'll be like well what if we have me in the water like I don't remember whose idea that was but I was I probably was like let's go to the swamp because it looks so cool we I, I'll get in the water for this video it'll be worth it like um and we did, and he was totally game. And then Oceana Colgan is the woman who did most of my videos, for all of the videos for this album. And I'm so, I love those so much as well. And they're both super talented. Um, but yeah, I have, I have a lot of opinions and it's sort of the same with um, the album is, I'm not sure if, I was gonna check this. I'm not sure if I officially credited myself on the album as co-producer, but when we were like having the, the album discussion with me, my producer, uh, Brooke, and the drummer and producer, John O'Ricks, they were like, you're co-producing this with us. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I have so many opinions and like, it was very cool to all be on the same level. And, and like, they are obviously so far beyond in, my, in their careers and stuff like that. So not on the same level in every way, but at least in that room and with my music to have the same amount of input and like, you know, and that's how I work with the videographers too. It was just a really good experience to be able to be like, oh, well, I want to do this. And I, I would go on Facebook Marketplace and find weird props like Victorian baby carriages or like <laughs> whatever, ask my friends to all play guitar in front of my other friend's trailer. It just, it's all, pretty much all organic still i mean of course people are getting paid and i'm trying to compensate people for time but um it feels good to look back at a lot of those videos even in california where it was just like all my real life friends do and we were doing real life stuff like we were just skating around and going to my friend's rv and doing things that we were a thousand percent doing pretty much every day otherwise and it's cool to have those memories like glamorized through someone's camera because they know how to do camera stuff you know? mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, the, the footage is awesome. Very nice. Oh, thank you. Definitely. Well, um, you know, you, you just came off of a tour. Um, you said you were going to take a break, maybe write some new music. Is there, are there any plans for going out on tour again or maybe releasing more music from your recent? Um, yeah, you did because you did re um, recently uh, release an album earlier this year. And I know a couple yeah. singles came out of that. Yeah, so um, I didn't, it's funny with, so with album cycles, a lot of people want to put them out in the spring and or the summer so they, they can tour them as soon as they're announced. And that's like a PR thing that's usually helpful. A lot of people don't do that, but a lot of people do that. And so if I were on that schedule, I would have to have an album pretty much finished right now so that mm. you can start promoting it. It's like so much longer of a process than I think I ever realized even as a music consumer or even as a, a person that wasn't making full length albums. I was just like, oh, you just record six songs and put it up there. It's like a one month turnaround. But with like a full thing, when you're really trying to promote it properly, it takes months of prep because you need the PR people or your own PR if you're doing it yourself. You need months of pitching it to different magazines and pitching it to blogs and then you have to hope that they write about it and if they start writing that buzz is generated and then you can release it and then you tour so i'm like uh, i don't need that kind of pressure right now i just wanted to like write good songs and i i just was touring all summer and didn't really get a chance so yeah the plan is to like take care of myself this winter write some awesome music and then start recording and whenever it's done maybe i'll put it out next fall or maybe it'll have to be 2024 or yeah, which sounds so far away. I know it does, but, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hoping it's not that long, but I do want to do it right if I do it. So that's the trade off, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we want to thank you again for the time, you know, taking your time out, especially come off coming off of a long, successful tour. And um well, you know, we want our listeners, if you want to let our listeners know where we can follow you, because I, I know that you put, you also put out some videos of stuff, you know, which, which is cool to watch. Yeah. I mean, I'm on Instagram the most, I would say, if you're an Instagram person, you can mm -hmm. get at me there. Um, I am trying to be better about my YouTube, but that's <laughs> another place you could definitely follow. And then I have a website. If you're not into social media at all, you just want to see what I'm up to or like read my bio or whatever it is, then you can go to christinabain.com and christina has no h in it okay great well we'll put that all in our show notes and uh and yeah thank you again thank you thank you so much for having me okay <laughs> bye and i wipe my weary eyes i'm cutting all these ties Sometimes I work and I don't know what it's for And I get some brand new wings A pretty bird that sings Cause sometimes I'm too tired to sing at all Sometimes I lose, sometimes I win I'm gonna make myself me again
up, good people? This is LaCole Rose. Are you enjoying what you're listening to? Well, I'm pretty sure others will as well. Don't forget to share these podcasts with all of your friends so they'll be up to date and current on everything the Fret Sisters have coming at you. Trust me, you won't want to miss what's coming next. It's going to be crazy. Bananas. Go on and share it. Share it.